I would say definitely more pressure than playing Aussie rules uh, AFL footy, um, especially because you're playing in front of 100,000 people. Today's conversation is with Josh Groudon. Josh played professional Australian rules football at the GWS Giants before joining LSU and Western Virginia University as a college punter. We talk about AFL and college football, American and Aussie culture, as well as a number of other topics. Cool, mate. Uh, thanks, Josh, for jumping on, spending your uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I should say, with us. <laughs> Days all rolling into one, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No. Um, so, obviously, you've uh, finished up a career at uh, the shirt you're wearing on there, uh, West <laughs> um, and you spent some time at LSU as well. Uh, yep. What was sort of the... Uh, I guess some lingo that you picked up, some some uh, things that have stuck with you. Like for me, um, uh, like cap, no cap has always no stuck cap. with me. Like cap, no cap. Um, yeah, right. Anything that's stuck with you, mate? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, they say y'all a lot down south, but I never picked up on that. Um, I deliberately refuse to say it, actually. Um, there probably is, um, but I've been back in Australia for a while, so definitely lost the southern twang. Yeah. Um, geez, I don't know. It all comes out when you start talking to the like Americans again. Like yeah, that's when yeah. I feel like uh, the terminology comes out. But oh, I don't. I don't know if anything's really stuck with me, mate. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. Interesting. Oh, that's probably because yeah, I'm that I can, fresh. I'm fresh yeah, out of the states. So. Fresh out of it, exactly. Yeah, I've been back for a few months. I can't even remember. And that's the other thing. You forget what's American and what's Australian because you've been away, but. Uh, I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, nah, all good. <laughs> so going back a few years before heading over to the States, mate, you're at GWS, so professional Australian yep. football. Um, yep. How did that come about and, and sort of how long did you stay uh, with GWS? Yeah, so it was before they'd just come into the AFL, they were just starting out and they had access um, to 12 17-year-olds um, to pre-list before the draft. Um, and I fit in that category. So I um, mean, two end of 2010, I went up uh, to Sydney and we um, played in the like knee full competition. So um, the New South Wales comp below the AFL. And then 2012 and 23rd, like 2012 was when they we entered the AFL, uh, and I was there and then got delisted at the end of 2013. So one year when we weren't in the AFL, and then two while we were. And what sort of, I guess, aside from performance potentially, but what sort of uh, resulted in you sort of getting cut, getting delisted? Um, uh, injuries. I broke my leg in uh, in two thousand end of two thousand and ten, uh, end of two thousand eleven. Sorry, so I missed the whole twenty twelve season, and then I had hip surgery, and that meant missing out a few games of twenty thirteen at the start of the year, and then I had. Um, the same operation on the other uh, hip, other side of the hip um, at the end of the year. So I missed a few games at the end. So, yeah, bit of a no-brainer for them because uh, they have to delist guys, obviously, to make room for new recruits. And, yeah, it was a, an easy one, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. So then you get – obviously, you get cut um, and then head over to Pro Kick Australia. So the, the pipeline for all the Aussies or back then um, a few yeah. Aussies. Um, yeah, and then you spend, I guess, a significant time with them. 
How does it? Yep. How does the recruiting work um, for you to get to LSU? All right. So um, it was probably more simple than um, a lot of other cases, and it never is really straightforward, especially back then. Um, a lot of guys were going through JUCO and everything like that. But um, for me, I was lucky because we already had a guy at LSU who went through pro kick, Jamie Keane. So, you know, with Chappie knowing that Jamie was going to be graduating, um, LSU would be looking for a new punter and having communication with Coach Miles, you know, who they went through the same process with him um, to get Jamie there. It was very straightforward. It was like, hey, you know, do you want another punter? here's what we have so then just sending them film of me punting and they liked what they saw and then yeah it just went from there did you uh have any other offers or any other interest from schools um while you were at broke yeah so the first place school to really offer was texas state um and i looked at that but um Chappie was pretty certain you know we'd been talking to LSU and he was pretty certain that I was gonna they were gonna end up you know uh offering me um and then uh late late in the late in kind of the process <clears throat> a few other teams showed interest in getting a punter I think Michigan were looking and Maryland and by that stage you know we we're pretty certain that LSU were offering and then within a month um, they did, and you know, Chappie's style at Pro Kick is you know he doesn't really BS with the coaches over there. Kind of if they find one that's going to fit, he usually goes with it. And you know, he's not like taking in all these offers and letting you know letting us kind of decide. So yeah, and speaking of uh, guys taking all these offers and deciding, what is your uh, thoughts on when like the Americans post on Twitter when they've uh, got an offer and they're like, Mate. I'm blessed to uh, receive yeah. this offer. Yeah, no, not a fan. Um, I think it's almost has a negative impact on a lot of those guys once they do end up at a college. Um, they just come in there thinking, you know, they're all that because they've had all these offers um, and, you know, the recruiting process to get these kids over there is, um, it's massive. Like, you know, they're, they want you know, these players to come to their college, so they're putting them up on billboards and you know, take them out for real nice dinners and stuff. So when they go, when they commit and they end up at the college, they think that's all gonna be handed, you know, everything's gonna be handed to them because you know, um, just the effort that was into getting them there. But you know, they soon realise that a lot of guys on the team went through that process, and you're not the best player, and you're gonna have to start, you know, on the bench for a bit, and maybe even redshirt a year. So yeah, not a huge fan of that whole recruiting process. And when they're all throwing it up on, you know, Twitter and Instagram and, oh, I'm going to announce my top five this day. Like, they're all just doing it for likes and retweets. So, not a fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> just uh, make sure you double down on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> did, you, did you end up taking an official visit? Like, that's super common for guys right now in, in football and basketball and, and various college sports from Australia. Did you end yeah. up taking one back then? Yeah, I did, actually. I was already, you know, verbally committed. Like, there's no way I wasn't going to go to LSU, but they're uh, crazy and they just, yeah, I went over for a weekend uh, in February, 
which was, you know, I spent more time on the plane flying there than and flying back than I did actually in Baton Rouge. But yeah, it was awesome. And what is, what's an official visit like? What do they do in an official um, visit? Yeah, so it varies depending on the time of the year. Um, it was an official visit weekend. Uh, it was the last one they could have. So it was at the end of February. Sometimes they have them during the season and you can go to games. But mine, uh, we, you know, Jamie, the other Aussie punter was like my host. Um, you know, we just, you do a few like, um, I guess, team club things with the other recruits. Like you go check out the college and you go to the academic center and you meet a few professors you know, go to the weight room, meet the staff there. Um, you obviously have a sit down with um, the head coach. And then on top of that, you know, you're going out for dinner um, at nice restaurants. Um, and then at night, you're kind of free to do what the host wants to show you around or whatever. So being older than 21, me and Jamie went to the bars. Um, but, you know, I've had to host a young kid when I was at LSU. And, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit different with people, kids under 18 or, or under 21 or whatever. So. But yeah, it is, it's good fun. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you, you head over to LSU. What's it like going into a place like Baton Rouge? Um, you know, it, from the outside looking in, you've got LSU and then it's pretty sketchy outside of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty <laughs> what, spot on. Um, what's it like for an Australian to just roll in to a college town? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, different. Um, that that uh official visit did kind of give me a bit of a heads up just you know you're driving around you kind of see that you're really in this bubble of you know of the college which is great and then outside of that you know not even you know within a couple hundred meters it's the you know you know pretty sketchy (laughs) Uh, the hood as you would say um so yeah going over there it helped having jamie just another aussie who'd been through it all for you know four years so he definitely helped me acclimate a bit but um you know, getting used to the food and the weather were some big things. You know, they love spicy food and it's hard to get something healthy down there. <laughs> Everything's fried. So, and then humidity's freaking insane. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. Love it there. Um, and looking forward to going back sometime soon. Yeah. And then uh, you redshirt your first year while Jamie's still finishing up his career over there. What's it like, uh, the pressure of, playing for a school that's had, you know, some successful punters um, and compare that to the pressure that you've had playing pro Aussie footy. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, definitely. You know, Brad Wing, you know, was an NFL player while I, like punter um, who played at LSU and, you know, he was in the NFL while I was there. So it's kind of like, you know, you got him and then Jamie had um, some good years too. So big shoes to fill. Um, and, Definitely felt a bit of pressure, but kind of just, um, you know, just thought, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not them. Um, just do the best I can. Um, don't really compare myself to them. So uh, I would say definitely more pressure than playing Aussie Rules uh, AFL footy, um, especially because you're playing in front of 100,000 people, uh, you know, and then uh, with the Giants, you know, there's only, geez, now they're, you know, it's still only a couple of thousand, and even like big, you know, uh, you know, the Crows, you know, get say 50, 60,000. It's still, you know, not quite a hundred. So, um, yeah, way more pressure I feel in playing, you know, college football. And then obviously like the workout schedules are totally different. Um, being a student athlete, 
and then playing on the football team essentially what I think is two full-time jobs. Um, some yeah. agree, some don't agree. Yeah. What was that like to adjust to? Um, yeah, we're well, coming from AFL, like uh, the highest level, you know, that, you know, that was pretty full on, you know, you probably start six or seven in the morning and, you know, not end till six or seven at night sometimes. Um, and with, yeah, juggling uh, college, that was something I had to get used to. Just, you know, I've never really been to uni or anything like that. Um, and then on top of that, you know, a whole new training environment uh, with college football. So, um, yeah, I think it definitely helps having an AFL background to be able to go into college football. Um, but, yeah, um, both have their challenges and, you know, um, their positives as well. But, um, yeah, like I said, I think playing AFL helped. Um, but, yeah, I could definitely see, you know, others who are going in, you know, the, the first time in a, you know, elite environment or whatever, um, definitely having some challenges with dr- juggling it all and just, like, you know, maybe not being quite prepared for it. What's a, what's a week like at LSU, let's say an in-season week? Um, just in with season. school and, and, and yep. football. Yep. So, again, it kind of varies um, where you're at in your school year. So, as a freshman, you know, you go to um, breakfast club, they call it, where you have a, you know, an hour of study at like, geez, like maybe seven or eight in the morning. Um, then you go to your classes, um, maybe have some lunch. Uh, you know, it's a quick bite in between class. And then uh, you'd have tutoring for some classes. Um that's pretty mandatory. And then uh, you'd go get a workout in and then, you know, have 30 to 40 minutes off to grab a shake before meetings would start. And then meetings flow into, you know, your team meetings, individual meetings, position or position meetings. So, you know, that's, you know, an hour or two of meetings and then practice, you know, three hours, you know, then in your recovery, dinner, and then you're home by say eight and you're just studying. You just, cause you got tests coming up, you got a paper to write. Then you pretty much do that till, you know, bed, which is at 10 o'clock because you've got to get up and do it all again the next day. So that's virtually five days a week. Um, maybe, yeah, working out my Monday, Tuesday, get Wednesday off Thursday, Friday. And then um, with practice, it kind of, it goes, you know, Monday's pretty easy. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, very solid. Thursday, uh, pretty relaxed. Friday, very cruisy leading up into the game. And then, uh, obviously, if you're traveling, that takes up yeah, a lot of the weekend. But you, you take your laptop and try and get some studying in on the plane or at the, in the hotel room, play the game, fly back that night. Pretty much Sunday, we had Sundays off which was good just to get some um, either more recovery in or catch up on schoolwork. Some guys would have mandatory tutoring on a Sunday. And like I said, you just repeat that for pretty much, you know, 10, 11, 12 weeks. And how's that uh, compared to like a AFL in season mm. week when you're in the oh, Yeah. Um, probably a lot different. You know, you're not having to study, you know, other su- subjects and write papers and things. You're probably, um, I think if you're studying more, um, the, you know, the opposition or whatever, like, um, and get just getting ready, um, in that sense. Um, and again, like it's different as a punter compared to the rest of the team, you know, they're, they're studying their playbook and everything like that. Um, 
in uh, in college football. But yeah, for footy, like I guess a lot easier because you would, yeah, like the whole studying period's not there really. Um, and uh, at the Giants, we would pretty much only meet for no longer than twenty minutes at a time. So all up, we'd probably meet for an hour a day as opposed to you know two to you know two to three hours. Um, so mentally, you're a lot fresher. Um, and then training, I would say similar um, process for training, you know, Monday, pretty cruisy, Tuesday, Wednesday, solid Wednesday, you know, moderate Friday, pretty easy leading up into the game. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, in terms of off-season or sort of, like, for, for college footy, like a, a winter workout um, yeah. as opposed to, like, the pre-season for, for footy, are they, are they very similar? Oh, no, you know, totally different sports. You know, one's more of a power um, sprint type um, workout and, you know, footy was, you know, more aerobic, so long distance running and stuff like that. So um, I I found probably an AFL preseason harder than, um, you know, their workout sessions than a uh, college football workout just because – you know, it was short bursts in college football. You know, you get you get recovery in, whereas, you know, footy, you're running, you know, K, 1K, t- you know, time trials, you know, and for me, I, I don't really like running that much. So um, short distance was always good. Um, you know, you do like, they'd have you doing, you know, some sprints and then you'd have a rest. So I also think having a lighter frame and coming from that footy background definitely helped at college, you know, those were those uh, winter workouts were relatively easy just because I had a good um, cardiovascular, you know, endurance, um, especially compared to a lot of the guys on the team. You know, they're a lot bigger, um, carrying a lot more weight. So they struggle a bit to, you know, keep up yeah, <laughs> when, it gets, about- when it gets long in the session anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you talk about like uh, being a student athlete. Um, some of these guys are like five-star recruits from high school and then touted straight to go to the NFL. Let's say mm-hmm. a guy like Leonard Fournette, who was mm-hmm. at LSU during your time. What's right. it like for those type of guys on campus or, or, or day-to-day for them? Is, is it just like they're a professional athlete but having to do school as well? Yeah, pretty much. Um, once they get that concept that they do actually have to do their schoolwork, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you do see them, um, you know, guess putting their, putting their head in the books a bit. But that's another thing is uh, with football, you know, you have to do three years, unlike basketball where it's only one. So they kind of know they're in for a bit more of a long haul. And, you know, if you're not passing enough credits, you can't play. So, um, yeah, you know, they, they are you know, they've got those better players and those positions have, you know, a lot more on them to do in terms of football. And then, but they still have those, the classes they have to attend, you know, everyone's getting checked and then they, they have a lot, they seem to have a lot more tutoring those, those guys though, just to make, just enforce them to make sure they're doing their work and getting it done because, you know, they're, they're in their, in their eyes. They're thinking NFL, NFL, NFL. So you need someone just there to keep them, keep them in check, keep them, in, keep them, doing the right work but what's it like um you know being in class for with those guys and just being like like regular students um beside them and they see you know yourself or or Leonard Fournette play on game day in front of what 100 
105,000, whatever Death Valley is, yeah. um, and then roll into class on a Monday. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty funny um, just seeing other people react when, uh, you know, guys like Leonard or whatever walk in the class and, you know, uh, slump down and, you know, they're always either trying to maybe get a Snapchat of him or you can just tell, you know, they're, you know, and then some would, you know, maybe, oh, that's where he sits every week. So I'm going to go try and <laughs> sit there before he comes in so I can sit next to him, whatever. And then, you know, even out in, in the quad or whatever outside, in between classes, you know, people were asking for photos and things like that. So it's, it's definitely pretty surreal seeing that because really that like, you know, there are, they are students and stuff, but you know, people just know that they, they go into that next level where, you know, they're going to be pretty famous. And I guess at a big college like LSU and, you know, where everyone lives football, uh, you are, you know, a bit, they are pretty famous. Those good players. Yeah, and then obviously you finish up a, a career at um, LSU and move to or transfer out to uh, Western Virginia, a last-minute yeah. transfer there. Um, <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts at the end of your sort of LSU career before you sort of moved over to Western Virginia? Uh, yeah, I loved uh, my time at, uh, at LSU. Um, and But I'd gotten my degree and... Uh, a lot of my mates had already graduated. Um, you know, I was 22 when I got there. So a lot of my mates who are my age, you know, were only there for a year or two, then left. And then, you know, like your typical college kid is 18 to 21, 22. So, um, you know, I was 25, 26 when I was wrapping up. And um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of my, like I said, a lot of my mates had left. And I, was, I wasn't really enjoying it that much. Um, I wasn't the starting punter in my last, my last year. I was kind of just doing the... Um, the going in punts. Um, so, but even that didn't really, wasn't really the main reason why like I wanted to leave. It's just, I just like, yeah, I've got my degree, like I'm 26 pro time to move on. And then I kind of had a bit of a, a fire sparked inside of me to go back and try and play Aussie rules footy again. Um, you know, this time trying to hope for less injuries. So I was getting ready to do that, to be honest. And then, um, I was talking to a few clubs back here and I wasn't getting the interest that I thought um, thought I'd get. So I was like, ah, oh, I'm in an hour and a bit, but I'd already booked my flight. I was like, okay, I'm, you know, going back. And then uh, Johnny calls me, you know, hey, mate, do you want to go to West Virginia? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I've already got my flight booked and everything. It was, it was, you know, in a week's time. And he explained the situation where, you know, they really needed a guy there and, Pro kick was supposed to send someone, but didn't that didn't work out? So, kind of just thought this was just meant to be, you know, with not getting what I was expecting from footy clubs back home, and kind of just the position where I'm at. I was really the only player who could, you know, because I'd already told LSU I was leaving, like I was already out. I was the only one, especially that late. It was in already August, I think, or the end of July, and yeah, I was like, all right, this is just meant to be. So, um. Yeah, got in the transfer portal and went from there. And I mean, obviously, I knew where I was going to be going. Um, and yeah, got to West Virginia in halfway through their camp. And, you know, three weeks later, two, three weeks later, I was playing. And what was it like, com like comparing uh, Western Virginia to LSU? You know, both big time schools, both um, in the Power Five, different conferences, obviously. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, what was it like being at those uh, Western Virginia compared to LSU? Yeah, um, it was good. Uh, I mean, I loved it there. Uh, but yeah, definitely everything was a bit more, a bit smaller. Like just looking at the guys, like they were not as big as, you know, SEC players. Um, that's the first thing I noticed. Um, they were very quick though. Um, but oh, I, I feel, still feel like um, the coaching and even the facilities were on par if not better like our weight room at west virginia was amazing and um the i know they've just upgraded a few of their facilities now but um you know we had um the emphasis on recovery like our um cold tubs hot tubs um those hot uh, what do they call them cryotherapy chambers we had two of them um uh, we had a a sunbed thing that was supposed to promote mitochondria growth for um for recovery and like all this stuff they had there that LSU didn't have. And I was kind of blown away a bit. Um, stadium was again, smaller. I think it was maybe 60, 70,000 as opposed to a you know, hundred. Um, but the fans were awesome. Like, um, you know, very similar, like uh, to LSU just absolutely loved, um, you know, their colleges and, and the football. So um that was pretty awesome. And then um, the coaching staff, I felt at West Virginia were a lot younger than LSU, um, which was kind of cool. Like um, it was a real, you know, fresh kind of, it, it was cool vibes, um, you know, in the meetings and um, stuff like that. Um, but then uh, <laughs> Morgantown was pretty similar to Baton Rouge, pretty sketchy um, once you get out of the college range. Um, but I, I loved it there too. It was so fun. And obviously did you get, like a, a master's degree out of there? Or did you finish something up out of there? Nah, nah. The master's program I went into was a two-year program. So I got, you know, a couple of subjects out of that. It's just a semester. Um, but um, actually, I've got been accepted into, you know, a college in Sydney, a uni in Sydney. So I'll hopefully transfer those credits into that course because it's a very similar course. Um but yeah, uh, I would have had to stay there for another 18 months or so. And then, you know, probably I would have had to pay that myself because my scholarship would have run out. What, uh, what are you looking to transfer into, mate? Uh, it's uh, high, uh, high performance in sport. Oh, perfect. Real nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and good. I guess to close out on like the college stuff, you know, you play at two big schools. Um, you know, you play starting punter at both schools for a period of time. What's right. the what's the jump from college to the NFL um, overall, and then specific to the punter position or specialist position? Oh, I mean, very, very, very few guys go from college to the NFL. Like, I'm not sure what it is, like one, two percent, or whatever. Um, you have to be very good, and then obviously as a punter, you know. Punters don't really get drafted unless you're bloody Michael Dixon or Mitch Wisnowski, absolute freaks. Um, so, you know, uh, there's only 32 spots um, in the NFL for punters. Um, so you've got to fight with guys that have been in the league for, you know, five, ten years. Um, so to get drafted is one thing. Um and then, but then, if you can get a free agency or whatever uh, on a on a team and compete, you know, it's it's kind of just like good luck. You really just a lot of guys just go there and they're just a camp leg to help out the returners or whatever, and maybe compete with the punter they have so he doesn't get complacent. But very tough to go, you know, to get that next level. So it's credits to those guys that have.
Yeah, for sure. And um, another thing to sort of, I guess, finish up, how, how's it been transitioning um, from college, moving back to Australia or moving outside the college bubble? Um, yeah. When you're at college, it's just you don't think it'll end and it's just in a yeah. really big bubble. Um, and then moving yeah, back, yeah. I guess, reality. Reality, yeah. No, for sure. Um, it hasn't been great, <laughs> especially uh, in these days. Um but yeah, I, I loved America and um, I still see myself maybe going back there or at least working there um, from a, like with the job within Australia. But yeah, I just saw it as I don't, I think college is one thing, but um, working in America would be totally different to college. Now, college is so fun. And of course, you're going to love everything, you know, you're playing college football and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I decided to come back. You know, I probably could have tried to pursue the um, the other visas to, you know, the OPT or whatever to stay on and try and work for a year, but thought, no, I'd come back. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like, damn, like, like you say, you don't, you know, everything's going to end and, you know, now you're back to reality, you know, in a, back home where you pretty much just, you know, no one or at least, in a, you know, in America, you're a college football player or whatever and, you had the accent going for you. So, you know, and then obviously with um, coronavirus, that's kind of just throwing spatter in the works for everyone. But, um, you know, so it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's uh it's an interesting time for everyone, mate. So thanks for jumping on. Yeah. No, of course. Thanks for having me, mate. <laughs>